listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 437. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we conclude our look at Apple TV Plus's new series, Foundation, based on the classic Isaac Asimov novel. And, you know, we're not going to throw anything out there now, but you and I were just talking before we started recording about what's next on the horizon for Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, and as usual, we're indecisive. (laughs) <laughs> say, we're, we're definitely not throwing anything out there because we don't know so uh yeah we'll work we it a, out though yeah we have a mini list we'll, we, we, we got to put ourselves in the pressure situation and then we we come through every time but we yep. just gotta we just gotta give ourselves that deadline you know so um before we go any further i want to thank our patrons fred from the netherlands dan richard travis mark Cindy, Tobias, and Mike uh, appreciate the support. And you know, if you're interested in becoming a supporter, you can go to the website sci-fi-tv-rewatch.podbean.com, and there's a link over to the right. Uh, if you want to contact us with some feedback, questions, whatever, sci-fi-tv-rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. All right, I mentioned this to you uh, last week, so in some housekeeping for the podcast. I am going to be dismantling our Twitter account and transitioning it to my personal account because I need a Twitter account so I can look at other people's Twitter accounts. <laughs> um, we just don't get any traction. There, you know, it's just something to keep up. That's not, I don't think, really that beneficial for the podcast. Feel free to stay, leave, whatever. I don't expect to post much there, but uh, if if you see the Twitter account suddenly change in the next few days that is in fact why all right um what we're watching for me i finished the americans which dude that has to be one of the best series finales right of any show i've watched and and i'm not going to throw any spoilers out there but again i think the both of us cannot recommend this more highly and and I don't remember where I read it, but it, but it was really interesting, and it's certainly true, is, is that one of the things about the Americans, I mean, it is a spy drama, but most of the spy dramas that we see are either, you know, the, the comedic kind, like The Spy mm-hmm. Who Shagged Me, I can't think of the spy. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. <laughs> James Bond, where, you know, nobody really ever gets hurt i mean they might die and i'm making air quotes but the americans really gets down into the nitty-gritty i mean it really is dark but at the end of the day it's about this marriage that these two people are attempting to navigate as they pose as americans even though they're kgb agents in uh the Washington right and, and the fact that their relationship is 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 fake they're just two people. wasn't like they were into each other back in Russia. They just put them together and said, you have to go act like a couple. But then part of that dynamic is um, actually developing a relationship. Exactly. Right. right. And, and then again, all of the, the pitfalls that, that they encounter along the way. And again, we don't want to get into any uh, spoiler areas. But the other thing I watched was part one of the Disney Beatles documentary, Get Back. Dude, have you seen it yet? Not yet. I do want to see that, though. Oh, it is just phenomenal. We're going to watch part two tonight. It is long. I mean, part one is like two and a half hours. I think part two is three hours. 
Um, and, and I've certainly read enough that, oh, it's for musicians only or hardcore Beatle fans. And I, I mean, I get that, but um, I, I mean, for me, I just, you know, eight hours, I, I could have 16 hours. It would be, it would sure. be, uh, be plenty. It's Beatles, and, man. Come on. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you just the, the one thing in there <laughs> that I guess this is, I, you know, see, I don't know. Is this a spoiler? Uh, you know, I, uh, Scott, I, I'm sorry. I insulted your Beatle, uh, intelligence earlier in the week with, uh, one of our Facebook <laughs> messages, uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, this stuff's been out in the public domain for a while, so I'm just going to throw this out there anyway. Yeah. I don't care. Um, they, they broke it, up. It, well, yeah, right. And, and spoilers. At one, <laughs> and at one point in in this final recording session, that's what this is all. You know, it's during the Let It Be sessions, which um, actually turned into the Abbey the, Road, the album. infamous Let It Be sessions, right? And then and then Let It Be it, is that George quit at one point, and. I, I love after he leaves, the three of them are sitting around talking. And I think it's John that says, well, if he's not back by Tuesday, we'll call Clapton. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, it's good to be king. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, just like, yeah. yeah, we'll call Clapton. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, Cream broke up at that point. So <laughs> whatever. Sure. Um, all right, what are you watching? Um, really? No, well, I, I did watch the episode one of Hawkeye. And you might say, Wayne, did you not like it? Why don't you watch episode two? Disney dropped both episodes. Um, it just, it, you know, it came out like right before Thanksgiving. And honestly, like, it's actually kind of busy for me because, um, you know, we have the whole family's in. Uh, we have everyone over for Thanksgiving. So Playing the family card, I hear. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, my wife takes the two girls to Richmond for a field hockey tournament on Friday. So... Um, you know, there's, I get like zero help with any of the, the cleaning up afterwards or anything. So, um, so my, my one son, uh, sat down and was watching the first episode. I sat down and watched it with him. Um, and then we went out to dinner and everything. So I haven't gotten around to episode two, but it was pretty cool. I liked, uh, episode one. Um, you know, obviously having seen Dickinson, uh, I am now a pretty big Haley Steinfeld fan. So it's cool to see her in there. Um. And then also keep it up with Dickinson. Um, you know, I after having binged two and a third seasons, now having to do it the, the slow way, uh, one a week. Um, it's, but it's fine. It's that's such a great show. And I was, it was uh, also with my son. I was just, I was like, he tried to put on. He he just was watching Avengers movie after Avengers movie this weekend, and I'm like, stop. Like I, I am I. I'm not going to sit here and listen to or watch another Avengers movie. I want to watch Dickinson. So he sat down, and watched two episodes with me, and it was like went downstairs and started back on season one, episode one of it, watching it. So, um, you know, there, there's definitely something to that show if a you know 21 year old college student can enjoy it just as much as a um, a more mature uh, father can. So nice. All right. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, I got to get. I, I still haven't seen the the most recent seasons of uh, Dickinson. I'm I'm certainly looking forward to that for sure. All right. Speaking of looking forward to, we've got the season finale of the first season of Foundation, titled "The Leap," written and directed by David S. Goyer, aired November nineteenth, two 
2021. And, you know, we get to the season finale and and we do know we're going to get a season two. Um, You know, I thought I'd just go ahead and start the discussion by asking you what you thought of the finale within the context of the whole season. I don't know if I'd call it a letdown per se, but just it, it seemed like last episode was a lot more kind of like I don't know the word I'm looking for. Just was just more <laughs> uh, was better, I guess. Just say flat. I liked the last one better. Um, you know, this one obviously tied up a lot of you know kind of threads that have been loose throughout the season. Um, left enough open for because you know they're going to have a season two, so you're not going to resolve all your conflicts. But um, I don't know. You, you 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 might change my mind overall on this one, but I was like I was like okay with it. I thought it was it was decent, but I wasn't like jazzed about it. Um, you know, I'm not so sure I'm going to be able to change your mind because. You know, I like this last episode, and you know, one of the things that that uh, always occurs to me you know, is when you mention that the novels really don't lend themselves that well to the small screen or even the big screen, for that matter. And and I've really you know come to agree with that that assessment. And you know, the uh, I think Joe in the Facebook group even in one of his posts likens some of you know, this series to a YA series. And, oh yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I assume he's talking about one of the better YA series, you know, whether <laughs> hunger games or, or divergent and, and you know, those, they Whoa. had their strengths and they had their weaknesses. Back off on the di- throwing divergent in there. Well, at least the first one was good. The first but, book was good. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, I, the, when I did my rewatch, having already read his post, I started to kind of see where he was coming from with that comment. And I still think when you, when you look back on this episode and the season, the acting is good. The, the, you know, the production values are first rate. We, we've said yeah. that many times. The writing is pretty good, but it, it does yeah. have, I mean, there's just something that it, it kind of lacks for, I think, what you and I are looking for in, in a show. And, and I think a lot of the listeners as well. And there's a lot there still, but I don't know. I, I think I'm feeling like you. I just don't quite know you know what to really think i mean yeah well you know just as you're talking about now i kind of like you know it's i think it's just missing kind of like like heart like you know it's unlike like not unlike cleon it seems to be kind of missing a soul you know like like where is that that thing that drives this show that we can say this is my favorite part of the show I don't know if I have that. There's some, like, you know, like Salvor is a pretty compelling character. But, like, even this one, like, she just seems, again, there's just, like, I'm not exactly sure. But it's just, there's something that's just not there for me. Demerzel, I still feel like, is probably the most compelling character in it. But it's not really about her. Right. And she's in very few scenes. So, again, like... That could potentially be like the beating heart of the show, but you know, not you, know, you can't have that as 
a minor character. You know, Gail, again, could potentially be another pretty compelling story, good actress. But again, she's just not really in it that much. And really, if you think about the number of scenes she's been in across this whole season, she basically disappeared after like episode two, right? Right. And we get to the end here. We're 138 years in the future. The way I look at it, only Gale and Salvor are alive of the characters that we know. So when season two, right. You know, finally drops or do we have a whole set of new characters, which is not something ordinarily that the viewing public likes to have to deal with. So I don't see any other way around that. I mean, uh, that of course leads into the question. I'm not sure what Gail realistically expected to find on Synax. Right. She was the one who worked out the whole place was going to be underwater, right? Yeah. And she knew everybody would be dead that she knew because she knew the trip was going to take 138 years. Right. So did she want to, you know, foster it, you know, into, you know, the next decade or whatever, um, you know, but like you said, she, she already knew it was going to be underwater. And and of course it was. So. Yeah. And where are they going to go now? Right. Neither of them has a ship. Right. I wish. Oh, dude, that canoe or that that boat that kayak oh my god that's pretty boss that oh man where that's, can i get one and i don't even that like was, that kind of stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah that was super cool but yeah i mean here right literally the only two characters except you know harry right we're not done seeing him but really the only two characters that are, are still around of all the characters we've met and they're marooned on this planet basically and you know like i mean we've spent lots of time with salvor but i just don't really you know like i don't know like i I haven't really been able to get into salver as i don't know like exactly what they're doing with her is she like supposed to be like some kind of messiah or just a leader or an action hero or what because they just she's I feel like these characters are just like kind of all like not unlike me right now, but like a little all over the place, you know. Like one episode she's like this, and the other episode she's like that, and it's just like so. You know, I don't know. I I, I believe the I, the word I, I have seen a lot on Facebook is uneven, and I think that is a word that definitely qualifies for the series, and certainly would absolutely qualify for this particular episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't know that we've mentioned it in terms of the book, but the, the first book, Foundation, upon which this is loosely based, was a collection of short stories that Asimov right. had written that he then kind of stitched together. And certainly you, you've got these great leaps of time in this episode's titled The Leap, and and you do get new sets of characters in, in the book. And again, I having reread the book again i don't know i don't know how much i like the book now that i've oh yeah yeah i know that's well anyway yeah, i still i still really like the book and i i do contend that that my attitude towards the show has nothing to do with how i feel about the book but i mean you're right it's i mean that just we've, we've talked about so much of how completely different the show is and we judge we are judging the show on its own merits 
you know, but the, there, there was this kind of this idea going through all of the book, this idea of, of, of uh, fulfilling Harry Seldon's vision and everything that, um, that kind of drives the, was, I think there's three different kind of stories in the book, right? Yeah. And, um, or is it four? Hober Mallow in at the end of that. Right, right. Yeah, Hober Mallow's at the end. So there's really four stories. There's Harry Sell in the beginning, and there's two Salver Harden stories, and then Hober Mallow at the end. I, I don't know. And, and that you whole know, idea of playing one planet off against another, you know, certainly appears in the novel in somewhat different context, of course, but you know, and that's what, that's what's happening here. But you, you know, the, the storyline in the episode, Harry's revelation. And, and then of course this, the search for Gail Dornick, you know, he, he tells them right away in that opening scene that the clones played you. And we know that if terminus, if foundation is to survive, the Anacreons uh, are, are going to, uh, you know, have to make peace, right? And and it doesn't seem either they or the Thespans are willing to do that at, at the beginning. And he reveals the truth behind, you know, the animosity that's developed. Yeah. And, you know, like the one guy says, I think he was one of the uh, Thespans. It's like, we don't care if that's the truth. Yeah. And, uh, okay, <laughs> Right, right. Well, I think that was one of the things that really, that whole thing, I was just like, are you effing kidding me? Just like Harry shows up like, oh, let me tell you the truth behind your centuries old conflict. It's like, really? Like, what a bunch of horse shit, you know? Like, that was just, that is straight out of like a young adult novel, just... And not not a good one. Like right. we're talking probably the third divergent book here. And he throws um, out the, you know, history is written by the winners. And okay, fine, we get that, but I don't know. Yeah. You know. And then, you know, the whole, oh, uh, you know, Gail's my mother, so I'm gonna take off to go find I mean, well, I mean, yeah, you probably will. Well, first of all, how the F you gonna find her? <laughs> like in the, the whole galaxy, right? It's just you know, like it's Salver Harden is the person who guides the foundation through its first two crises. And here, you know, the minute she, you know, finds out about Gail, she's like, all right, well, woman who raised me, I've always called mom F you. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm never going to see you again because you're definitely gonna be dead by the time I find my birth mother. It's just like, I don't know. Well, it's, well, she's not quite that harsh about it, but still, I, I, mean, I know. Point but, but basically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, well, uh, okay. Like she even says, "I carried you my womb," and so I was just like, "Yeah," and you know, right. It's like, I mean, it's, it was uh, like uh, it was a cool twist on the one hand that that you know, Raish and, and Gail turn out to be her biological parents, and and you know, now that we get that that. I like the the meeting there at the end of the episode, you, you know, that uh, I'm your daughter and this belongs to you and gives her the cube. I'm like, okay, that was kind of cool, but now what? So I, I, we have to be done with all these characters. Now, I guess the thing about the Empire, they can recycle the same actors if, right. if the Empire is in fact still – you know, in power 138 years later, which. Yeah, no, you know, it looks like Day is going to 
bust. Well, I mean, I guess the original DNA is compromised anyway. Right. Well, uh, and I, I believe uh, you. You know, back at the beginning, I, I think Harry says the fall is going to come within 500 years, right? 400 or 500 years. Uh-huh. So, so we're only 138 years in the future. So, they're probably still in power, but are, are the cracks widening? And and I think certainly that's what we would expect to to see in that storyline. But uh, you know, again, the, the and we know foundation as he says was never about curating knowledge it was about curating people and we can't reach our potential as a race if the genetic dynasty is allowed to persist okay yeah i get it but we already knew that you didn't have to say it so yeah i guess one of those pieces of dialogue that i mean i don't want to say it was cringeworthy but it was kind of unnecessary better than a voiceover though right well they had a doozy of one here like Oh, Hugo went on to become captain of the Invictus. I'm like, are you effing kidding me, man? Like, well, on two levels, because who else would have become the captain? But, right. But yeah, I get what you're saying. And then, and then A, sure. listen, you can probably, just how they did was so like like a soap opera or something, or, or you know, just like not a good TV show, you know? Yeah. Where they just like do this jump ahead, like almost like there it's going to be the end, but it's not even because we're only like halfway through the episode. It was just really, I don't know. The, the writing of this last one, I just thought was just not, not great. Right. Like, I mean, there were some nice know. scenes. I mean, I liked when Salvor finds Rowan tending Farrah's grave. And, and you know, dude, and the first time I watched it, I didn't notice that she's on that pile of stones yeah. behind him. <laughs> I didn't notice Also, they stand like, oh, there she was. I didn't see her back there. Right. But <laughs> you know, he, he's, you know, planting the, the tree there. And I, and I thought that was a cool line be, be, because he's been a fascinating character be, because we, we know he wants to come over to Salvor's point of view, but but while Farrah's alive, he, he feels for whatever reason he really can't. But you know, planting that tree, and yeah, I hear it's nice. Nah, some something about harsh climate, and it, it can survive even in this. But yeah. but then when he presents her, it's like let me take this metaphor and yeah. bludgeon you with it. Yeah, um, but you know, giving her Huntress's bow as an offer of peace, you know, the, the, and as he points out, it, that's how it was presented initially to uh, the empire. I, you know, I thought that was a nice scene. I, I, I liked that. And I did. I, I, I did like that. Scene. I can't lie. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. And, and the way, you know, she gets down on, you know, as he's planting that, that tree, I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, and then we get that fast forward imaging of the, town on terminus just just expanding so i guess we're to understand that in this 138 years that they probably have built a number of ships maybe not as grand as invictus but right that was the plan as uh got the the polly and and he's of course a character in the in the uh, novel as well not the same kind of character but polly varisov is is in the novel as well but i guess we're led to believe so i mean are we going to get flashbacks or is it going to go between salvor and gale 138 years in the future and then we're going to witness how foundation progresses from it's 
I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, that's that seems kind of clunky in, in terms of uh, a narrative, but yeah, I guess in the hands of good writers, maybe they can make it work. Maybe, but I mean, yeah. they haven't yet. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great. Now, now, when Hugo returns to Terminus and he gets off the ship, and we see Polly's with him, he's he's crewing with him now, and and you know he and Salvor have that that reunion, and he's like, um, you know, I've been having some trouble with guys. I know what you're talking about, <laughs> and uh, right. you know they say, well, then piss off. You you know, let us go yeah. have sex. <laughs> You know, after, you know, she's lying in bed, he's asleep at that point, and then, you know, she has another one of her visions, and and, and we see, you know, the young girl who then dives into the water, and, I'm, and again, on a second watch, is that foreshadowing that she's going to find Gale in the water, or is it just a reference to, you know, Synax as a water planet, or is it just both? Yeah, well... Yeah, I don't know because well, I, I you know, narratively it allows her to to go to her mom and say, "Who's the girl from the Wire Planet?" Right, um, right, exactly. Otherwise, she'd just be like, "I I just saw someone out there. I don't know who it is." You know? Right, right. Um, but but again, I just I guess diving in and good thing she has a, a clear boat so that she could see that red light. Uh, right on. Uh, Salvor's uh, pod underneath, but you know we get the little explanation of how it was that that uh, she was conceived, and then of course uh, you know her mother carried her to term. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I like it, but I don't love it that 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 storyline. So I don't know. Anything else about that one? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I've probably said enough. I don't want to be. Too, too negative but I, yeah. you know I, I, it's obviously it, it really wasn't really a surprise I mean, we knew and we had been talking about there's uh, clearly this connection between gale and salvor we just didn't realize how to what lengths they were going to go in order to make that connection like happen yeah i would i would have even preferred instead of like oh this is your biological mother just like i need to go find this lady because there's this this link between us that is just driving me insane and I have to find out what the deal is, you know, or something like that. Right. And like you said earlier in the discussion, okay, fine. Now what? I don't know that they have a spaceship anywhere. I mean, this is Synax for crying out loud. They're anti-technology. Right. So are they going to get in the boat? And (laughs) I don't know what the, you know, I, I think she, Salvador did say she had to crash land. So that I assume that means that somewhere there's a ship that they could somehow salvage and maybe fix. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's the beggar, right? I mean, that's the ship she came in. Oh, right. Yes. So you know, she was just in that pod. I mean, I mean, that was that was beggar underwater. In fact, that was a cool scene when when Gale first swims in there, and it's like all of a sudden all these little fish fly out at her, and it was like, whoa, right. you know, like. So, you know, their fate, the fate of Terminus, uh, we shall see. But, you know, the aftermath of the plot to replace Brother Dawn and, of course, bring down the, you know, the Cleons, I think the most fascinating thing here, as you alluded a few minutes ago, is with Demerzel. 
I mean, can an artificial intelligence experience an existential crisis? Because clearly that's what we've got here. And, yeah. and that scene at the, at the end where she just peels off her face and exposes her, you know, machine underneath. I mean, it, it's at once terrifying, heartbreaking, and I think extremely significant, particularly when it comes to the to Cleons. You know, Fred mentions in his feedback that that seems to be irreparable. Well, I, I'm sure it can be repaired. No, because yeah, I mean, she showed us before she was how well, well she could able well she could repair, repair little herself. little little things but here it's like she ripped her whole yeah. you know i know i, I mean know. she wouldn't have done it she knew she could put it back probably know? got a spare somewhere but but yeah. still i mean i mean brother day is clearly experiencing an existential period of questioning as well and and we can understand that i mean he's essentially human whether he has a soul or not is is again up for debate but to watch you know the contrast between the two you know I, I don't i don't want to make light of his crisis because i think it's very real for him and he's in a completely different position than she is as ruler of uh, trantor and you know by extension um the other planets again that doesn't negate what she might do i mean i mean dude i mean i mean that confrontation when dawn is brought in to you know basically plead for his existence before day and and dusk you know we get the idea that you know dusk dusk wants him dusted day's ready to give him a second chance and all of a sudden she snaps his neck i can honestly say i didn't see that coming and no, but again, once you've seen it, and then once you get a chance to think about it and rewatch it, you know exactly why she does it because she's programmed to protect the dynasty. And right. if if he is in fact flawed, well, yes, she knows there's a backup. Now, of course, what we learn here is that the backups are apparently flawed as well. Yes, and, and in fact. Uh, dusk and day maybe as well so then i guess the question is can they make their flaws work in their favor will they be able to see that far ahead um, I, I don't know i don't think dusk can day seems to yeah. kind of give me a sense that that maybe he can see the you know the possibilities in in this in in working and of course we don't know what his detriments are going to actually be i mean we you know we knew the thing about the color blindness and the being left-handed although i would argue being left-handed is not a bad thing especially if you're a pitcher dude you can you know as long as you have a pulse sure you can get a contract right. in major league right, baseball right. if you're left-handed. um i i i really don't have any ideas of of where that can go except that if if i were a day i'm gonna be like i am gonna go fuck up that old man Big time, <laughs> like you don't strike me. Like I am in charge here. Like you don't, you know. But he got beat down, and then we 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 see kind of <clears throat> when when dusk was day and when day was dawn. You know, kind of harkening back to there. Like like really, day is still deferential uh, to dusk. Yeah, um, even though he no longer is the the middle guy. You know, the the, the most powerful of the three, but he still lets them. You know 
basically beat him up. Yeah, I mean, he does to a point. You wonder how far he would have allowed it to go because this has been going on for 400 years. The, you know, this this hierarchy and, you know, the, the way things are done is apparently the way they've always been done. But that leads us into that scene between Day and Azura, which, I, I mean, is fascinating. What about that? discussion they have briefly about his relationship and we've talked a little bit about it his relationship to dusk and to dawn is he a big brother is he a father figure and he as he says he's my brother he's also my son and she's like he's not your son and on the one hand that takes some guts (laughs) you know she just got her shroud off and Again, uh, hats off to the the makeup people for making her look just, I mean, it was like the perfect balance because, I mean, she's really attractive, but but you know she understands that her life is likely going to end soon. So she she's terrified, she's frightened. And then again, we don't get the the idea with that shroud. I, I guess you, you you can't see and you can barely breathe while it's on so has did she have it on for all of that time i guess yeah, I assume so I mean, right. she's gonna have it on for the rest of her life so right. and, and yeah, she's gonna have uh, to get used to it i guess right and you know he opines about his role as empire and you know excuses for why he has to remain detached but then then he tells her it's almost like okay now we get down to the nitty-gritty you're the one that broke my son's heart Okay, that is what happened, and is that one of Dawn's weaknesses that that he allowed himself to get emotional? And as he says to today, it's like we don't have anybody. We don't we don't have a, a a father or a mother or I don't think he says father. We don't have a mother. You know, the concubines we have sex with are you know, their memories are wiped as soon as we leave, and it's like there's no really ability for us to develop meaningful relationships with anybody outside of the dynasty. And right. when you're, again, when you really think about it, that's not a flaw, even though dusk sees it as one. And I guess to a certain extent day does as well, but what about his punishment too severe? <laughs> oh, uh, Yeah. But he's really upset, so he wants her to. He's like trying to communicate how really upset I am with you. Um, you know, when he was saying that, I I thought he was just going to be like, I just want you to know that you know I could do it, but then I'm like pretty sure that well, actually, I'm pretty I'm 100 sure that they did. He actually had those like 1,500 people killed. Okay, you know? uh, I mean, I wasn't sure. I mean, I know he makes the little hand gesture, like all I have to do is this. And did he do it at that point? Had he already done it? I guess I'm pretty I, sure he did it at that point. When he made that gesture, that was it. Well, okay, I, but like, I guess right at that moment, 1,500 people got it. Well, were you surprised though that he doesn't ask her who's really behind it? He says, "I know you're not the architect; you're the face of it." Doesn't he want to know who the architect is? That that would seem to me to be something kind of important that you'd want to put in the episode. So I'm blaming this on the writers, not on Cleon. Yeah, but didn't they? 
when they raided that place, didn't they they kill everybody? In that uh, I guess, but again, you know, the the architect of a plot like this is rarely right. out there executing it. They're they're in the, you know the safety of their office or or whatever. Right. But uh, you know, so as he says, she's going to be sensory shrouded for the rest of her life, and and uh, of course, cruel and unusual punishment comes to mind, but. I mean, yeah, well, it's not America. <laughs> I don't know really what the benefit, unless you let the populace know what you're doing with her and what you've done to her family and friends, then what's the point? Right? I mean, it's not a deterrent otherwise. So it's not meant to be a deterrent. It's okay. meant to be his sense of, of justice and his pain and anger being vented in this manner okay you know? like is it extreme yeah like the f- first girl she slept with the, the uh, some guy who kissed her they're dead now yeah because of that just very tangential knowledge of her you know he wants to like he, he wants the opposite of making an example of her he wants her to not exist anymore and so he's going to kill every person who even in a little bit knows her. Of course, people might figure out, what do all these people have in common? Oh, remember that girl who went to Trantor to be the gardener? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, when know. he even rubs it in, when he, when he tells her at first, walk with me, and they walk in the garden, and he even points out, you know, in the garden like this that you tended, and just to almost rub salt in the wound. And then right after that, he, he we've got that conversation – where Demerzel is talking to Dawn about love, all love is programming, biological or otherwise. And she mentions when a mother first sees her child, the you know, there are connections, you know, in the brain. And and I guess when you get down to it, there is some truth to that. So then we get to the point, right. well, can an artificial intelligence love? And obviously, I understand the argument that no, don't be ridiculous. That it's just software. It's just programming. And and okay, well, maybe you know, I I can see that. But with sophisticated programming, which is obviously what we're talking about here, um, I don't know. It's, I'm not going to discount well, that. Uh, so, yeah, and I mean, what we've seen from from Demerzel is, and this is why I, I you know. I find her the most fascinating character because we see these, you know, like she is an adherent of a religion, but yet also assists in the, the murder of, of one of the, the priests of, of that religion. She talks to Dawn about love and then kills him soon thereafter. So it's just like, there's all these kind of like contradictions of her. And then, you know, when she goes and rips off her skin, um, clearly like a major statement of her sense of, of guilt and frustration. You know, like if she's just a a robot, if she's just programming, then there's no need to rip off her skin, right? Like she she wouldn't feel guilty because she would have known she, she did her duty as she was supposed to. Well, the other so thing is, yeah, well, why do they, if, if she's just a machine, why does she have nice quarters and a vanity in, in, that she sits in front and looks at looks herself in the mirror and and you know again all of these human touches so so yeah there's 
I mean, times when she's just totally a, a, a piece of programming. Well, honestly, this is a philosophical question that we all deal with. Like, what are we? You know, are we anything beyond our quote-unquote programming? You know, we like to assume we have free will, but isn't every action we take, every decision we make just a the result of a bunch of electrical impulses. Yeah. I mean, I would argue yes. And and, they're just electric impulses going along a network of fibers and wires that gets us to do one thing or say one thing. And, and so at what point is there some, you know, operator controlling these things or is it just all just, you know, natural reactions to how we're programmed to react to the world? Right, and, and not I, like program per se, but like genetically programmed. Right, and and I like the the fact that in the real world, and in, in you know, in in contemporary society, that's a question that can't help but uh, factor in the religious angle and, and the idea of you know, you know a supreme being, which is also a factor in her world as well. And as you mentioned, that that she has this deep belief in, you know, a religion and and has faith and, and, you know, the, you know, the contrasts and and the conflicts. Again, I I think, as you said, it's the most fascinating part of the story, I think, at this point, especially. Um, But but the other thing, you know, right right after Day tells Azora that that she's going to be shrouded for the rest of her life, then we get into that scene where he's talking about the fact that he's ready to bend, that, that he realizes that if we are going to survive as a dynasty, we can't continue to be so rigid. We have to bend with the time. And of course, Dusk is like, what the hell? No, but yeah. okay, didn't you just say you were going to shroud her for, that's bending? Now, okay, maybe the two don't necessarily have to go together, but I, I mean, if he doesn't understand why some might think the genetic dynasty is a bad idea, yeah, then I don't know what to say. So, <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. There there is a seeming inconsistency there, where you know, like on the one hand, he's being this very harsh draconian ruler, and the other one is about to show clemency. Um, and I, I guess we can't. I I can reconcile that with like you know. I mean, he has no love for Azora, so he doesn't care for her, who he kills or, or anything. Whereas for Dawn, he does love Dawn, and so he does care whether he gets hurt or not. Um, any, anything else about either of these storylines that you want to throw out there before we move on? Well, just that, that that one scene where we see Dusk, you know, kind of staring at this little picture that he created, which was his, you know, his clever ruse to to bust uh, Dawn. Mm. You know, he he throws his palette at it. You know, yeah. And then we kind of see the sand swirling, whatever that stuff is. That I'm not sure exactly what to make of that because it seems like he won. He got his way ultimately, but he's definitely upset about something there. Yeah, and and it goes back to what we said last week. Is he involved at all with this group 
that wants to bring the dynasty down, which, as we've said every time we bring it up, doesn't make any sense. But yet there it is that that there's almost something we can't totally divorce him from this situation. So I don't know. I mean, or or did he just want to get rid of Dawn because he knew he was flawed? And, and it, you know, I guess there could have been easier ways to do it, but yeah, maybe yeah, not. True. So, I mean, the interesting thing will be, will we see the outcome of the Cleons realizing that not only was Dawn uh, adulterated, but they likely are as well. So, right. because, yeah, you know, that guy that comes in. Now what sh- you going to do? The shadow master. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, how far back does it go? Well, we're not sure. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's not us, is it? Well, it well, could be. <laughs> could be. So, and Dusk is being tested as they speak. So are we going to find out what happens with that? I assume so, yeah. Yeah, but but then like we then is season 2 going to follow Gale and uh Salvor 138 years in the future and give us a peek at the Cleons, you know, in the time period we left. I mean, not that the story can't go back and forth like that. It can, of, of course. So all right, anything else? Yeah, I mean, just, it just leaves it leaves a lot open, it you does. know. Yeah. As as far as where they can go with that, and we've kind of been up and down on the Cleon story as it is, but you know, again, we have always come back to the idea of what we're seeing the Empire in decline here. Yeah, and this episode really kind of brought that home that the Empire is probably actually in free fall at this point. All right, you ready for Fred's feedback? Two very quick um, nitpicks. Okay, hold on, Fred. Go ahead. Okay. The one was when Gail dives into the water. She's underwater for like a super long time. Now, I granted she grew up on a world of water, but that was a little bit beyond belief. Well, but but I would go back to the scenes where we saw her in the swimming pool. And I think one of them, they made a point Uh, about how long she could hold her breath. You're right. I think it was still too long. Okay. Yeah, it could have been. Yes, they did set that up, though. That's right. They did. Anyway, the last line, I just couldn't believe they said. Do you remember it? I don't. I'll repeat it. I I can only say it the one time. Sometimes you leap, and sometimes someone catches you. I do. Like, really? Really? That's what that's the line after ten episodes. That's what you're leaving us with? Come on, man. <laughs> as uh as Randy Moss would say. All right, what's your other nitpick? Well the 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 swimming thing. Oh, okay, okay. All right. All right, well why don't we get to Fred's feedback and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Foundation Season 1, Episode 10, the Season 1 Finale. And I'm very happy to hear that next week you will do Hamlet Grove Season 1, Episode 4 as my Patreon request. If we go on in this frequency, we will be ready with this series of three seasons and 33 episodes in the year 2047. 
And of course, I'm looking very much forward to that because that would mean that I have reached the respectable age of 86. What did I watch? In the meanwhile, I watched also Dune, the new film, bit underwhelmed. It was quite slow in the beginning, I think, and it really has the feeling of part one of a trilogy or something. So I didn't look up if there is a part two or whatever coming up. It was filmed nicely, but I'm looking forward to more, and I don't know if there will be more. One of the other things I did is read Linda Bond's Facebook messages about COVID in Australia. Found that very interesting, even more harsh than uh, here in the Netherlands, although we got a partial lockdown now, so everything should be closed after 5 p.m. in the afternoon. Only groceries may be open until 8 p.m. And that for at least the next three weeks. And I'm happy that I got my third or booster vaccination early this morning. But that's just because I'm a health worker. Furthermore, I will start the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery. Actually, I was living under a stone, more or less. I didn't get that it's already started. But I will watch that more as a kind of tradition anyhow and we'll have a look if i uh, if i like it i saw the trailers back in april and then i didn't like that too much but i will be open uh, minded to it i think neither of you watches that show or do you wayne okay enough about other stuff let's go into the season finale of foundation I always felt there was a, some kind of big connection between Gal and Zalvor. Of course, everybody felt it because Zalvor got these visions, revelations, whatever. Well, Gal proved to be her mother and Ranch would be her father then. Although, well, it's not that important, but in the racial sense, I found it a little strange. It simply didn't fit, but okay, whatever. The way Brother Day is punishing Azura is really very awful. Putting her in isolation and killed just everybody that knows her. So what is your existence? Who are you? Are you alive if nobody knows you? That's more or less the, the background here. Nobody will remember you. And in the time that you are kept alive, you can think of the more than 1,500 people you lost. Really, really, ultimately cruel. What I don't completely understand is that Harry tells that he is activated by the Anacreons and that he was more or less the vault, but dormant, and that he got activated. But he got activated far, far away on the ship with Gaul. I cannot combine that, really. Or did I just misunderstand it and he was dormant and activated multiple times? So with Gaal, 138 years ago, and then he went dormant again, and now he got activated on Terminus again. And that's the solution to this asynchronous thing here. Imperishable permanence. That's the term Brother Dusk uses in the discussion with Brother Day, talking to Brother Dawn. Are you insane? I think that Brother Day has the right idea that if a branch doesn't bend a little, it will break. 
I really wonder if these differences between dusk and day are due to day's possible genetic differences, which he possibly also has, perhaps less than Brother Dawn, but still. Had not seen it coming that Demoiselle would kill Brother Dawn, but obviously it did something with her, tearing her skin off after 11,000 years. Looks like beyond repair. So what changed? What happened to her? Is she going to play an important role? It looks like it. Okay, I would give this episode a B plus, perhaps a minus, and the whole first season a B plus, if you take everything together. Okay, that is all for me for now. Looking forward to next week. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. I knew there was going to be a part two to Dune, so I was prepared for it. Fred, that's, you know, once you got to the end of it, uh, I guess that's a nice uh, nice discovery that, that you find out that, no, it didn't just kind of end there. Uh, and and we talked a little bit about Dune, I think, one week. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I liked it, but I don't know. It was okay. Uh, I liked it. You know, I just, you know, was looking forward to seeing someone riding worms and didn't happen this one, but I'll save it for the next one, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like Fred's, when he's talking about Brother Day's punishment of Azura as being excessive and cruel, that, that line, are you alive if no one knows you? And that's obviously what Day is going for. I just go back to, and I know you said, and, and I, I guess you're right, that, that he didn't intend it as a deterrent. He just intends it to what to be cruel to i yeah and 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 that's fine and i guess take out vent vent his frustration i think and that says a lot about day at this point which i again when you then set it against his admission that he realizes maybe it's time for the dynasty to bend that maybe we do need to change our ways a little bit coming on the heels of that I, I mean, I guess that, that just owes to what a complicated individual he has become, and and you know, yeah, that, that's fine. Well, there's also the bit that he he tells her, you know, like I can't be compassionate and lead, right? I have to be dispassionate. I I, I have to separate myself to do what what he deems as necessary. Right to make the tough decisions that a leader has to make. Sure, sure. Um, now he brings up the fact that he didn't understand Harry being activated by the Anacreons. You know, when when Fred said that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then I thought, well, was it when they started shooting at the vault? Is that what act to see? I, then I can't remember. You know the the time rep, time frame when everything happened but uh unless that yeah, was it well, i don't know either yeah well, well and you know fred was wondering how like harry could you know because you see harry on the ship and then and then harry in the vault and i think what what's happened is he because it's just like his consciousness like he made copies of his consciousness and so i think that could go in multiple i think what we have is just he is sent his consciousness to multiple places rather than there's any kind of connection at all between the uh the pod and 
the uh, the vault, which I don't think there is. Yeah. So, um, and then of course, as we said, he wonders about Demerzel's role moving forward. And uh, what are you thinking about a grade? You know, grade for the episode and a grade for the season. I think I'd go A minus on both. Are you? Okay. I I guess I'm going to go with Fred this time and B pluses on both. And oh, really, well, that changed. I, I was going to say B plus, but I thought you were going to say A minus. So oh. I just went <laughs> because. And, and I know somebody might say, "Well, but you guys gave almost every episode an A minus, and in fact, gave one episode an A." And 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 I would say, "Yeah, you're right." But I think when you look at the totality, it, it's a B plus, and, and that's a good grade. We're, we're I mean, just hoping for a better payoff at the end. I think. Yeah, and and fine. I get that there's a season two, but. I don't know. Yeah, I think one of the things we all have to accept in television is that you're going to wait a year for your next season. And that's if you're lucky. Yeah. Unless this is us where you only have to wait about five months, four <laughs> months, but yeah, but don't they only show like two or three episodes? Well, yeah, right. And then they're off for a month. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So then we'll, not that I know, but yeah. <laughs> oh my. All right. Well, I just want to get one Ravens comment in since uh, okay. we are still basking in the glow of that hard-fought win last night. Yeah, the, the that's local, one thing you could say. Yeah. The local paper, the Baltimore Sun, they always do the, the next day. Five things we learned. And, dude, the one I loved. We have Justin Tucker and you don't. Yeah. And <laughs> I read that and I just like, right. laughed out loud. It's like, damn right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Justin Tucker, no matter what all else happens with the Ravens, we got we got Justin. He he will go out there and get the job done. Yep. So uh, knock on wood. All right. Well, let's uh leave it there. Uh we are going to take a look at episode four of Hemlock Grove next week before we uh decide what we're gonna do after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we I will figure it out at some point. Yep. But uh, that, that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Foundation, anything going on in your genre world. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. You can shoot us emails at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 1, Episode 4 of Hemlock Grove. But until then... You know, Dave, I always worry kind of like when I... Maybe I'm a little bit negative on either a show or a particular episode, you know, because I just feel like if I get too negative, then I know people hate me and consider me evil. 